0: I'm the I'm
1: the lyrical gangster up. Big up the crew in mm-hmm. of the area
0: kegel i am joined as always by the balding tony de nicola tony what's happening buddy
1: yeah dude that's rough man i'm only balding because i haven't shaved my head so i just look nice and clean and bald but man I'm, i'm doing great buddy i spent the weekend up in the adirondacks up in old forge i got a few days off here and uh You know, I'm talking to you, and I got the NFL Network in the background, because uh, football comes back in three days, and uh, I am psyched. I don't know about you, but I'm absolutely pumped for the NFL.
0: Yeah, ditto, man. Um, You guys are playing in the Hall of Fame game, I do believe, correct?
1: Yep, yep, against the Cardinals, 8 o'clock. It's uh, the Thursday night edition of Sunday Night Football and NBC, because, you know, Let's market it the the day of the week. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen, but whatever.
0: It sounds like Bill Burr's uh, Thursday afternoon, just before Friday Monday morning <laughs> yeah, podcast. That's like exactly. NBC's version of that.
1: Um, but so uh, goofy. It's Sunday Night Football special Thursday edition.
0: Like, yeah. Well, okay. Whatever. It's like uh, it's it's how about just hey, it's the NFL. You're gonna watch no matter if we're out at two in the morning. Like yeah. that's what it's it should like- be. It's
1: like wrestling, when they're like, WWE, Great Balls of Fire, this Sunday on the WWE Network, live, you're watching WWE with the WWE Universe, it's like, yeah, we get it, we know what we're watching, we understand.
0: Yeah, I know, I, I turned the channel, the little display says WWE, you know what's weird, is that nobody likes to acknowledge the fact that DVR exists, it's like, yeah, yeah it's maddening to me. It's like, you know, if it's not streaming, how am I going to watch it, and I was like, I don't know, look for it on the DVR thing, and then record it. Because honestly, because I don't have to worry about my crappy router uh, giving out, like, I like the DVR because I could just play it, like, whenever. And I have, I have, I think most of my DVR movies are streaming on my phone if if need be. But, like, if I'm home, I actually like just playing with the DVR because I don't have to worry about my internet crapping out or whatever. And I don't even have to worry about if the yep. satellite goes out because it's already recording on the thing. And I love this. We have 100... Movies on our on our DVR. I, that number is, I don't think, exaggerated. And my wife's like, "Oh my god, there's only twenty five percent left. We need to clear some stuff out." <laughs> I was like, "Are you planning on taping seventy eight more movies?" I'm like, what, yeah. "What? What do we need to clear out for?" Yeah. Is there a six day
1: marathon of Real Housewives of whatever that you got to record? Like, <laughs> why do you need that much space?
0: <laughs> you know, insane. they should do a Real Housewives of Buffalo. Just a bunch of heavy, oh, just a bunch of heavy chicks inside watching their husband shovel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, eating Duff's wings and in their Zuba's pants. Yeah, just Zuba's pants, but they're faded all to hell because they've had them <laughs> since they were huge in like the early nineties. Like they're the ones that their husband wore as a kid, and now they're wearing them because you know their husband's definitely fatter than he was, but they're also getting heavy, but they're still smaller because they're a woman.
1: Yeah, we could watch just these uh, cackling whores debate which
0: is better, Anchor Bar or Duffs. Which Duffs, by the way? Oh, it's Anchor Duff's. Bar. Anchor Bar. It, it, Anchor Bar is almost a novelty because that's the first wing place, um, so they claim. I always wonder the validity of that crap. Yeah, I mean they do claim it, and they claim it pretty hard. But you know, it, it's not the original Anchor Bar. Which, if you ever better than the original Anchor Bar, all right, you know what? Hold on. I realize this is a sports show, but I got I got to bitch about something here real quick. Is there anything more annoying than live music, like, at a restaurant? It's always uh, it's always too loud. I don't go to yeah. a restaurant to listen to music. I go to a music venue to listen to music. Like, I just don't understand a live bar. I can like, agree with I you on like, that. I like talking I, to people. I
1: get it at a bar, but not at
0: a restaurant. Yes. That's
1: my biggest pet peeve with Dinosaur Barbecue here in Syracuse. You go there on, like, a Wednesday or Thursday night. You just want to have a nice conversation with buddies you're catching up after or you haven't seen them in a while. Yeah. And they sit you right next to the band, and you like you can't hear yourself think. No, it's just too goddamn loud. It's too loud. And then the, yeah, the stupid lead singer wants to interact with the audience, and like, dude, I'm just trying
0: to eat my delicious ribs and uh-huh. some cornbread. Like, leave me the hell alone. Yeah, I'm with you on this. I hate I hate live bands at restaurants. At bars, you almost sort of expect it because, especially once yeah. you find a bar you like, you know the live bands are are gonna be there. You know when they're gonna be there. You almost know who they are. So my wife went to a place um, around here. I think it was at Crazy Jake's in Tonawanda, and this is real local stuff. But um, but they guess they have these like these guys. They dress up like nerds, like just stereotypical nerds, and then they play music and they do like tributes and stuff. But she said it was like a kind of an awesome show, and the guys are really funny. So hopefully I can get back and uh, see them and actually give them a plug on this here uh, program, so all ten of you listening can uh, go try to find them. <laughs> Anyway, Tony, yeah. we're actually here to talk about something that's near and dear to our hearts, and that is what you've already touched on, which is... Ouais. The NFL.
1: We really need to just play that music. I love that theme so much.
0: Yeah, me too. So, yeah, it's a great theme. Um uh, Gotta love football. This summer has sucked without football. It's weird. I mean, the weather has been even...
1: just dreary in the Northeast, and there's nothing going on. And as much as I love baseball, I've barely watched. Right. Like, I just, I want my football. Right. um I need something to do with sports. Yeah. uh So, I've never been so pumped for a preseason game. And, I, like, if you remember back to last year, I'm the guy who rips on preseason games, but I cannot wait to watch this thing Thursday night right i don't even care the the first string is only played for like what one possession but i'm all in on it it's just it's some sort of semblance of football right the summer
0: has been it's just been crappy right it's just been crappy um yeah it's it's all freaking baseball the trade deadlines today i don't care man i used to care more about baseball but i'll be 100 on honest. i just don't care so <laughs> yeah it's just too slow man it is. and
1: they've even made steps to like speed the game up and they made all these steps in, um, I forget what game it was a couple weeks ago, but then the game clocked in at like three hours and nine minutes and was longer than the average this year anyways, even after the changes. So it's like, dude, I just, I don't have the time for it. It's it's too slow and prodding for me.
0: Right, and that's exactly what it is. It's very slow and prodding. And, and they think that speeding up the pitchers is what makes a difference. No, you need to get people on base. You need runs. Like, that's what you need. Stop with the shifts. Uh, maybe make the mound a little lower. Maybe move it like a shifts. Foot. Kill
1: me too. If you've got all like half the team on one side, just bun it to the other side. Well, <laughs> I just don't think you shift. should do
0: shifts. Like I think that'll 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 create more scoring. Nobody cares about the length of games. Football takes an eternity, but it's fast. The NBA yeah, takes the actually. Yeah. Um. I mean,
1: I well, when you got batters getting into the box and doing their stupid routine of adjusting their elbow pad uh, and their
0: their batting gloves, Dustin like, Pedroia yeah. drives me crazy with that. Drives yeah. me crazy with that. It's like stop doing your shtick, man. Just just bat. Like, do you really yep. need a routine? I hate superstition as it is. It's so stupid. It's like no, it doesn't matter if you wear your freaking jer- your jersey from college under your professional jersey. It doesn't make a difference. Like it, superstitions yeah. and baseball are stupid unwritten rules. Don't walk across the pitcher's mound. Why? If you're a good pitcher, okay it doesn't matter. I'm okay with
1: routine, but when your routine takes 23 steps, then I'm, I'm done with Not routine. Not routine, superstition.
0: Like, doing the same thing like, yeah. just because, it, like, just the unwritten rules of baseball are so stupid. There's That doesn't exist in the NBA <laughs> or hockey or uh, or football or, or even mixed martial arts, Man, men's sports, freaking baseball. Yeah. All they're doing, 95% of the game, is the same thing people in the stands are doing, which is nothing. Unless you're the pitcher. Like, you are not have begrudging baseball players. It's hard what they do, but good hell. So, anyway, yeah. let's talk NFL. And our first topic is Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick still is without a job. Mm. And there's some out there saying that the reason he doesn't have a job is because of race. And people are making sh- – or, or the fans being getting upset that the potential that the Baltimore Ravens might sign him. I don't understand why he's so divisive. All right? He made a stand. He took a knee during the anthem. As a former – US military member myself, it doesn't bother me because what he was protesting, I did have a problem with the socks. The, the, it just. Oh, the pig socks. Yeah, the pig socks. That that was was low. That was going too far. That's a low blow. But, and then wearing the Castro shirt in Miami, it's like, do your research a little bit. But the kneeling during the yeah. national anthem for him, to send a message, I mean, I don't have a problem with it because I think his message was, I said this on the show before, I don't have a problem with his message. I think his message is good. I think what he's what he's attempting to do is ultimately a good thing. It's coming from a positive place. My problem is, is the fact that he's not a good quarterback, and that's why he's not signed, and that's what people don't get. It's the same yep. reason, and we're going to talk, a, I'm going to let you go on about Lucky Whitehead. But it's the same reason that Lucky Wayhead was out of a job, why he got cut so quickly from Dallas, and Ezekiel Elliott hasn't been. Tim Tebow doesn't have a job in the NFL because of this. He's too divisive. He's too he's too big for his level of talent. Like there has to be kind of like a chart where two things are yeah. going up, and if your if your popularity is above your talent level to the point where it's causing the distraction, then you're not worth it. And that's exactly what yeah. Tebow's problem is. Uh, yeah. That's what Manziel's problem And that's what Kaepernick's problem is. The the
1: Y-axis on the graph should be, you know, how much do you bring to the team? How much, you know, are, how important are you to the team? How much do you perform? And the X-axis is how much of a headache are you are, how much of a distraction. The perfect example is T.O. Yeah. Terrell Owens was one of the biggest headaches in NFL history. But he's one of the three top wide receivers at all time. That's why he kept getting jobs, kept getting second chances. Guys like Lucky Whitehead and, and, you know, a Kaepernick, it's like, dude, you're, you're a marginal player at best. Right. This is why, you know, we're not, teams just aren't going to deal with it. You're not the superstar. It's not fair. I get it. Hey, newsflash people, life isn't fair. If you, if you're out there expecting life to be fair, then you're going to have a rough time. So it is what it is, man. If you just be better, I'm sorry. These guys aren't exceptional athletes. Oh, I shouldn't put it that way. They're not exceptional talents to their team.
0: And, you know, they're going to get cut. Teams don't want to deal with the backlash and the headache of it. Right. And, like you said, if if, if that – I believe the Y-axis was the headache and the X-axis was the talent, whatever, yeah. if that's the case. You can do if it the way, Y-axis yeah. is higher than the X, then deuces, bro, you're out. Like, I, Yeah, goodbye. Yeah, you can't be a distraction. And it's – I hate yeah. – I, I also, I, in full disclosure, I hated the uh, Trent Dilfer thing. You're a backup quarterback. You should be seen, not heard. It was like, shut up, man. Like you don't understand yeah. the plight of his of what of what his race has gone through. So don't make don't do that. Like I hate that. Yeah. It's like it's like oh, punter should be seen not heard. Really, they are human beings for Christ's sake. like <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: no Marquette King should be heard because that guy's amazing. Right, and Pat McAfee.
0: Pat McAfee is doing a podcast that's as popular as Adam Carolla's and Bill Burr's of the world. It, it's like so. I don't know, man. It, it just I think the thing that bothers me about it is that. Th- there's a lot of things that a lot of people are discriminated on. There's a lot of a lot of reasons that African-Americans should be upset, but I think the focus on Kaepernick is sort of misguided, I guess. There's other issues yeah. out there that the Maxine Waters and the Spike Lee's of the world should be focused on, not whether or not Colin Kaepernick is throwing a football to an NFL player as opposed to a CFL or a AFL player. That's where I have a problem, I think, is that I think the um, – I think the view is is misguided. I think I think they should be fighting other fights.
1: Yeah, well, and I think um, I think Colin Cowherd, you know, the Fox Sports radio host and the TV analyst, put it perfectly. Where you know Kaepernick on his social media, his Instagram, his Twitter, he puts out all this stuff about social injustice. All this stuff he's doing. He's like, hey man, maybe once in a while, why don't you throw in something about football? Like you're never focused on football. Focus is not, you know. That's not your number one priority, it seems. It's all, you know, this social injustice. And if you're the quarterback of an NFL franchise, you're a multi-million dollar investment. I want that guy hyper-focused on football. The Drew Brees of the world, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, the Manning brothers, hyper-focused on football. That's all they ever talk about. Eat, drink, sleep, football. Kaepernick is the exact opposite. So why do I want to make that huge investment in the leader of my franchise, when football is, like, number two on his list. And, and you know if, what? If
0: maybe he doesn't want to play football anymore. That's the other thing. Maybe he doesn't want yeah. to. Maybe he doesn't have the desire to. Maybe he thinks he has a higher purpose. Or maybe. Well, it's
1: even just the perception of right. it. Just put it out there into the ether. Like, all you got to do is tweet out a photo of yourself, like, just watching game film. I, dude, I do it with the, with, the, with the show, with Under the Hoodies podcast. I'll put it out there on the Facebook page. Like, oh, hey, you know, a picture of me on the laptop editing a new episode. You know, look forward to it. It's like, hey. He's focused on it. Like, right. this is a big deal. This is important. You never see Kaepernick do that with football. It's never about football. So wh- why would any team want to bring him in? I-, I completely understand it. I don't blame these franchises
0: at all. Right. No, I'm with you. Um. But, again, maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe he feels like he has a different calling or a higher purpose or whatever. So, you know. Um. Yeah.
1: And to go into the whole lucky whitehead thing, I'm a Cowboys fan. I don't feel bad about lucky being cut at all. It sucks, bro. Like I said, life isn't fair. But let's look at his career stats real quick. Nine catches for sixty-four yards, mm-hmm. twenty rushes for 189 yards, and some kick and punt returns. Played thirty games. Right. I mean, is that really important at all? The guy averages two and a half yards per game he plays. Right. Like when when people come up with this argument, like, oh well, lucky Whitehead, it turns out he was innocent, but Ezekiel Elliott has all this all these things going against him. Ezekiel Elliott led the league with 1,600 yards rushing last year. I mean, he he was the bulk of our offense, the bulk of our team. Like, of course, they're you know they're going to give him a lot more slack than Lucky Whitehead, right? And yeah, Lucky Whitehead. Sorry, I just want to get this no, out. Go ahead. But Lucky Whitehead was found innocent, you know, of those charges. It was a stolen. I forget about last season how you know he missed a team meeting or something, and he wasn't allowed to fly to the Giants game. So there's that little thing. And then the whole thing with his dog being kidnapped by this rapper and being held ransom. The whole thing itself seemed fishy. Where like, you know, the guy, the guy's holding the dog for ransom, wants to get him back. Somehow Lucky gets the dog back. Pays an undisclosed amount to that guy. And the guy isn't brought up on charges at all. No criminal charges were filed. Like, I'm a dog guy, dude. You steal my dog. Number one, I'm probably not even calling the cops. I'm out for blood. I'm coming for you, physically. But it just, it makes no sense to me. Like the whole thing just seems fishy. Almost like that rapper and him had a under-the-table deal. Like, hey, we're going to – this Fox kidnapping and I can get some popularity out of it. Maybe get some attention on me and some more Twitter followers. Like, I think the Cowboys are just like, you know what? He's not that great of a player. All these little things, yeah, they're all little things, but they keep adding up. Let's just cut bait and be done with it. It's not worth the headache.
0: Right. And the other thing I remember about Ezekiel Elliott, he hasn't been convicted of anything he there's been no criminal charges although it does look dicey and I think the biggest mistake made in the whole thing is Jerry Jones coming yeah to his defense hard like probably a little too hard but he's been like that his entire you know the entire time he's owned the Cowboys with Michael Irvin and then you know into you know signing Greg Hardy and, and now with Zeke um he's always backed his players and and there is something a little admirable about that but at the same time you know, I, I don't know with domestic violence, that's something I would definitely tiptoe around if I were him. Like I kind of appreciate his loyalty to his players, but at a certain point you have to remember these guys aren't just football players. I mean there's there's a life outside of the NFL and and what they do is not always the thing that you want to defend them for. And uh, although Zeke's been cleared criminally, the NFL is still investigating and you know they're they're sort of deciding from last I last thing I read, they're currently trying to decide on what the proper punishment should be for him. So I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I understand the lucky whitehead thing, but you know, it it's sort of like, uh, it's almost a little hypocritical of Jerry to come out and defend Zeke, and and then cut Lucky Whitehead. Granted, they're not even the same carol, caliber. Ca- excuse me, can't talk. Caliber of player, but. I think the timing was just the thing I, I, that most people yeah. had the problem with, not necessarily him getting cut. Yeah. He was oh, it's
1: extremely player. hypocritical. No um, doubt about it. And I, I've yeah. been all for Zeke getting suspended. I think the guy needs a reality check for sure. Yes. He needs to sit for a game or two and just learn to appreciate what he has. Everything came too quick and too fast for this kid. we got to remember, too, he's still pretty much a kid. I mean, he's like, what, 21 years old? He can't be. He can't be any more yeah, than twenty he's pretty young.
0: He's 22, 23. Right. Um... So that being said, man, I, I, I think, you know, just to put a ball on this part, uh, I think that Kaepernick will maybe latch onto a team, although I think they're better served um, signing R G three to back up Flacco. Um but uh but yeah, I think they're better served just uh I think everybody should just sort of lay off Kaepernick until he, like you said, proves or shows that he yeah. wants to play football and then maybe take a flyer on him at some point. Yeah. Um you, you know, but like Tebow and like Manzel, I think the distraction is just Yep. supersedes the talent and and the lucky whitehead thing just poor timing by the cowboys but this will be a non-story you know in a, in, a, in in less than a week so yeah once we start um, playing
1: games we're all gonna all forget right.
0: about this anyways you're right so all right next thing we uh you and i wanted to touch on is uh i had some controversial um opinions on the pittsburgh steelers and uh you know i like to get things out quick so let's just get it out of the way I think the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Oakland Raiders are going to be the last two teams in the AFC playing for the uh, Super Bowl. I think the Pats get bounced in the second round by wow. uh, either of those teams to go to the AFC Championship. I think Pittsburgh. I, I think Pittsburgh's going to be a better team this year. They have a little bit more difficult of a schedule than, than New England, considering the division that they play in and the division that New England has to play in. But that being said, I definitely think that um, – I definitely think that the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Oakland Raiders are going to be the last two teams in the AFC. I, I just – you never, ever see teams repeat going to the Super Bowl. The Patriots between, you know, 49 and 51, they got beat by Denver and they were – Yeah, but that was still in the Denver. AFC title game, Just for though. whatever reason. They still do well. Right. Right, but what I'm saying is, is Pittsburgh and Oakland are, are more hungry. I think that they – I think that there's, no matter what team you are, I think that there's always a hangover, even with the Patriots. I really yeah, feel that I, I way. mean,
1: I can't argue with that. It's just, man, they, if there's ever a team I don't. The heart and soul of their defense just retired too. Rob. Yeah, it's just, just it's harder to bet against that, man. And they do have, I mean, New England does always have a rough schedule to start out of it. First four, I mean, Chiefs at home, at Saints, Texans, Panthers. Oh, and then at the Buccaneers. And then two games after that, right. Falcons-Chargers. So, but the tail end of their schedule looks cake. I mean, you know, two games against Bills, Dolphins, Jets, right. you know, at the Steelers will be tough. But compared to Pittsburgh, who's got a much tougher slate at the end. But, I, man, I can never bet against New England until they just prove me wrong. I, I think the AFC is going to be great this year. You know, you got the Raiders, who had a great year last year. They should be much more improved, car healthy. Like you said, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they've gotten better. And the Patriots, the Super Bowl champions, I mean it AFC is gonna be top heavy and it's gonna be awesome to watch. I, I I I can't yeah, it's not the most, you know, insane hot take to say, oh, you know, it's gonna be Pittsburgh versus Oakland for the AFC title game. It could happen, but you know, personally I'm just I'm not voting against New England. I I just can't until they prove me wrong.
0: Right. Understood. And um <clears throat> you know, maybe they will. Maybe they just have an easy walk sort of to through the AFC. I mean they're, they're going to play the four seed in the AFC in the second round most likely because they're going to be the one seed. I'm not yeah. debating that at all. I just think I, – I just – maybe Pittsburgh and Oakland play in the second round, and I think whoever wins that God, game that's is that's such be a debate. great matchup, too, they're if just, it happens. Oh, I know, I know. But I, I just – and I think the thing that's going to hurt Oakland and as far as playoff seeding goes is their their division. Yeah. Their division is going to be brutal. I I think Kansas City is the worst team in that division just so far on paper, and that's only because of the quarterback. But yeah, when you say I, worst I, team, I mean, I've got them probably going at least eight and eight. <laughs> that's your worst team, like- right? And, and I Denver for whatever reason, New England struggles in Denver. I think I, I mean I don't like Denver on paper, but I just think that they're always going to be a tough out. I think their defense is still way above average. I think i think you know last year was sort of just kind of a down year because they were trying to figure out the quarterback situation but they were in the playoff hunt until the very end of the season uh kansas city i mean alex smith you know i mean alex smith is not good anymore i mean he's he's just, just super conservative just serviceable probably his last year you know right he's serviceable he might be playing for another contract a yeah. small backup contract or, you know, maybe this is his last year. I, I hate know, to use but, it, but he's the prototypical you know, game manager.
1: He won't win you a game, but he won't lose you a game. Either. Right. And he just – Andy right. Reid really gets the most but out I, of him. I mean, the guy is a great head coach. Right. Yeah, as long as he's not using timeouts or right. two-minute warning. We won't talk about that, but yeah, yeah he exactly. just gets the most out of the least. Yeah.
0: But I like a lot of what I, – I like a lot of – um I like San Diego's roster a lot. Or San Diego. Los Angeles' roster a lot. That's what we're just saying. I think, I think their offense is going to be really good. I think that Hunter Henry came on strong at the end of last year is a legitimate tight end threat. He's been throwing or Phillip Rivers has been throwing Antonio Gates his entire career. So he has kind of a newer, younger athletic, you know, tight end to throw to again, which is nice. Um, Brandon Oliver's healthy. They upgraded the offensive line a little bit. I, I think the defense led by Joey Bosa. I mean, they have, they have players at each level of their defense. They have Bosa, I love Bosa, uh, and uh, I realize I'm being a little hypocritical because I was, I wasn't really necessarily hating on Bosa. It's more the comparison to J.J. Watt, because yeah. it's a lazy comparison. He's not the athlete that J.J. Watt is, but he turned out to be the player J.J. Watt is, at least early on. Melvin Ingram's an absolute stud in the middle, and as at the linebacker spot. And then I like Jason Verrett. I really like that team. I like the way they're constructed. I think the offense, like I said, is going to be. Above average, I think their defense is going to be average to above average, and I think that's just a solid ten and sixteen that's going to make a little bit. Yeah, of noise with the, the Chargers,
1: way. man. I mean, I always love their roster. I always love their team. It's just can they stay healthy? And I mean, we. They can't. They have the worst. We see doctors it already, already now. Game. Mike Williams, you know, their wide receiver, the top, their top draft pick out of Clemson's already hurt back injury. He might, he might miss the entire he's year. Of, yeah, he's out of camp. Yeah, they're talking about yeah, season-ending out of camp. injury. Like it's the first week of camp, man. Like. The Chargers are sniping. Yeah. I want to say they had something like 16 or 17 players in IR last year and almost the same amount right. the year before. Like, like you said, they have apparently they have the team's worst doctors. Like, these just can't keep them on the field. I mean, I, I like right. their roster. Just, no, I agree. I, I don't know, man. Can they even survive another three, four weeks of camp? Yeah, that's
0: going to be tough. So let's go through the but, schedule. So the Chargers uh, at Denver, Miami, Kansas City, oof. Philly, all at home. At New York, for the Giants, at Oakland, home for Denver, at New England, at Jacksonville, home for the Bills, at Dallas, home for Cleveland, home for Washington, at Kansas City, at the Jets, and home for Oakland. It starts out rough, man. That that first eight weeks is rough. It does. Very. And then, you know, it sort of lightens up. They do have a really tough schedule, but it's only because they play inside their own division, so that's, that's tough. I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, Denver's going to be a hard out because of their defense. The The Chiefs are always going to be good. They're always going to be viable as long as Andy Reid's there. And uh, Oakland's, you know, the second or third best yeah. team in the AFC. I, so. I love the Start way the stay, schedule man.
1: laid out this year, though, because it seems like a lot of these what we think will be playoff teams are good teams, play all the other good teams. It's iron right. sharpens iron. Like, I'm look at the Raiders' schedule. Their last yeah. day was brutal. You know, Patriots, Broncos, Giants, Chiefs, Cowboys, Eagles, Chargers. Like... The one good caveat that they have with that schedule though, they play the Patriots coming off a bye week. That's a perfect setup for them. Especially when they gotta fly, you know, to the East Coast. You know, from from
0: Cali. Right. Um No the game's in the game's in Oakland.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I stand corrected. You were right. So that's even better, yeah. So yeah. They come back from the East Coast after playing um, Miami, had their bye week, then home against the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, they do travel east yeah. twice
0: too in a row. They go from and that's Buffalo a late
1: afternoon CBS game. That's so. got to get flexed. That needs to be a Sunday night game. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be that's a potential AFC championship game.
0: Yeah, yeah, potential for sure. Um, yeah, I, their schedule is tough. They start the season at uh, at Tennessee, who we're gonna talk about next. Home for the Jets at Washington at Denver. Home for Baltimore. Home for the Chargers. Home for they have three home games in a row. Home for Kansas City at Buffalo at Miami. Home for New England. Home for Denver. Home for the Giants. At Kansas City, home for Dallas, at Philly, and at the Chargers. So the Chargers games, I mean, they might as well be home games because they're playing in Los Angeles. Yeah. So there's more Raiders fans there than there are anything. Yeah. Um, outside that, of like the friggin' Lakers.
1: Um, that they're, Chiefs they're game is teams. a Thursday nighter too. That'll be awesome.
0: Yeah, the one, uh, the one at home, yeah, in Oakland. The first one is yeah. The second one's just uh, it's in Kansas City at one. Um, and then they play your your Cowboys third to last game of the year on Sunday yep. night. Ah, that's uh-huh. gonna be a good one
1: that we'll be I'll be watching that with my buddy Tommy I'm sure. We'll be going
0: nuts. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a Raiders good game. Fan. Yeah. And I think uh I think you and I as far as I know are going to the uh Raiders Bills game too. So. Oh, absolutely. There's
1: ever if there's ever a game to pimp out our podcast and see two of the most absurd fan bases in football. It's Raiders at Bills. Yeah. The the things we'll see at that game like it's not for the faint of heart. People leave your children at home. There's going to be people going through tables. There's going to be oh, spiked yeah, shoulder always. pads, face paint, yeah. fire, butt funnels. It's going to be madness.
0: Right. So, it's going to um, be the purge, the NFL edition. Yeah. So uh, just as a quick reminder, you guys are listening to Under the Hoodies with Bill Kegel and Tony Dinicla. I'm at Bill Kegel on Twitter. He's at TonyQs44 on Twitter. Find our Facebook page, Under the Hoodies Podcast. i got to stop clicking my pen. I lied and said I had a non-clicking pen, and I do have a clicking pen. Um, I found uh, one. So I just threw it away from me. Major You can see me on Skype. Left handed throwaway. My pits look a lot wetter than they are. Oh, Weird. wow. Some sweat. Yeah. There you go. I know. It's hot up here. We haven't sealed off the attic all the way yet. Working out so, the army shirt, putting it to the uh, full test. Yeah. I haven't taken a shower after work yet because i got to go cut the grass. But uh, there you go. More interesting stories coming up after. I also remind everybody that we are this episode, I think, might be going up on SoundCloud so uh Woo! that's exciting nice. um and then uh also find us a Backsports page tony has an interview coming up with uh you know what if you're a wrestling fan just uh download uh under the hoodies in the next couple of days and uh you'll find out who we uh, who we talk to yes. also um we're gonna repurpose my joe buck interview from december and uh see if uh, we can put that up as well and then i have a couple uh, quote-unquote written pieces for uh, for you Bills fans. So I'm um, still working on my old man draft column as well, which should be fun. Um, old quarterback draft, excuse me. Um, so, Tony, we're going to move on to the NFC right now. We're going to talk about uh, your Dallas Cowboys. Um, we touched Woo. on a little bit with Lucky Wayhead and all that jive. We're not going to talk about the drama. We're going to talk a little bit of player stuff. First guy I wanted to talk to you about is Jalen Smith. What have you heard? What have you read? How's he looking in training camp?
1: Uh I see. I keep getting debating reports. Some say he's going to be ready. Some say he's going to need a few weeks. He's looking yeah. good. Others are saying he's looking slow. I, I think it's just hard to tell until he's actually out there on the field, like in an actual game. Right. I mean, from reports I've read, he's it's, it's so fifty fifty whether he's going to be ready the first game or not. I. The guy's got all the talent in the world. I hope we have him. I think him paired up with Sean Lee as the linebackers will just be a stud group. To stop the run and in pass coverage, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's who knows. We still got another month, so I'm hoping you know his workouts just get better, his speed comes back, his strength. Because you know he came off major surgery, and I I, I think it's um he's waiting for those nerves to, like regenerate too, which you know we've seen in the past of, like with Peyton Manning can take quite a bit of time.
0: Right. I mean, it took him a whole season. I mean, your your guy uh, has been out the whole season, but. Um,
1: yeah, like a season and a half now, I think, coming out of college.
0: Yeah, and uh, so last report I've got is that – this was on uh, Thursday of last week. Um, his first padded practice – uh, when asked about his knee after his first padded practice in over a year, Cowboys linebacker Jalen Smith said he feels 100%. Sean Lee said Smith looked great. So he was okay. the top – yeah, um – he was, uh, he was he was projected, a lot of, I don't know if a lot of you remember this, he was projected as a top five pick coming out of Notre Dame, and he just destroyed his knee in yeah. the, um, what the hell bowl was that that he was in with was the orange bowl?
1: Ooh, going back. That's, that's
0: yeah. tough. Um, anyway, you'll look it up. But, uh, yeah, he, he hurt, his, uh, hurt his knee in his last college game ever, which is kind of brutal, but the Cowboys took a flyer on him in the second round. And, uh, you know, he might turn out to be the steal of the draft of this uh, nerve regenerates. And it looks like it has. Sean Lee said he looks good. I mean, a couple of reports that I've read as well said he looks good. So... Um, still we'll only see. 22, too. Still young. Yeah, he's still super young. That's the other thing. Um, I mean, if this happened when he was 29, forget about it. His career's done. But, uh, you know, I like this. It's, it's uh, you know, I, I like the fact that a guy that's, that's put in all that work to get back is uh, is going to start hopefully reaping the benefits of it. So probably felt really good for him to get out there as well so um and the cowboys desperately desperately need him to be uh somewhat decent because i think your defense is gonna look a little uh it's gonna be a rough one i think i think you need it's a question mark man keep them off the keep them off the field if you get yeah. to keep them on the field for 25 minutes or less a game i think that you guys are uh you guys can win an extra game or two this year
1: yeah i mean our biggest problems has always been generating a pass rush and then at the tail end of the year last year we started to get that with david irving and of course he has to go fail a drug test you know smoke pot or whatever the hell he did and miss four games now but yeah, yeah it's i like what they did though because people are like oh they lost a ton of guys but they got younger and faster like, a lot of those guys are still question marks. But the way I look at it is, like, they can't be much worse than the unit last year that right. was waking way more money for, you know, less than average results. So, right, we'll see where it goes, man. I mean, it, it's with any team in the NFL. you got to generate that pass rush. And having him on the field in coverage with Sean Lee and just – I mean, Sean Lee is one of the best linebackers in the game. That guy covers sideline to sideline like nobody else. If those two are right. healthy and playing together, like – I really, you know, I like the defense's chances to improve and at least be, you know, in the middle of the pack.
0: Right. Um. Yeah, it, I think your defense is going to be tough with the Odell Beckhams of the world, too, you know, coming into town. It's going to be yeah. Odell Beckham. I mean, you got, now you have to deal with uh, Elshad Jeffrey. You have to deal with Terrell Pryor. You know yep. you have to deal with uh, you have to deal with quite a bit. I'm not even sure who your out of conference games are yet, but yeah. Um, well,
1: that's why I'm glad we dumped our secondary too, because no secondary was better at you know over anticipating a five yard slant and biting at it too early than the Dallas Cowboys secondary.
0: Oh no, Beckham beat you twice for that. Uh,
1: yeah to take a five yard or what 80 yards to the house Mm -hmm. and that was the one to win that was the winning touchdown too in that game in December last year
0: yeah it ended up being the deciding uh it would be the deciding uh score yeah Yeah. um so that being said Odell Beckham let's talk a little bit about him what do you think about his uh comments on wanting to be the highest paid player in the NFL I um I
1: agree I agree with both sides and what I mean by that is, I agree with him. Like, you need to believe in yourself. He is a phenomenal talent. He means the world to the Giants. Yeah. If he was a quarterback, I I'd, I'd agree a hundred percent. I get where he's coming from, but yeah. I just feel like you cannot pay a skill position player in the NFL that much money. They are just I not worth it. I, I, the guy's a phenomenal talent too. Like, make him the top paid wide receiver. I agree. with But the top paid overall player, no way in hell is he worth it. We've seen these deals a million times, and they've never panned out. Albert Hainsworth with Washington got a hundred million dollar deal, and Damacon Sue with the Miami Dolphins got a you know hundred plus million dollar deal. It just doesn't pan out. The only the market dictates in the NFL, the only player worth that amount of money is the quarterback. The right. guy, it's just he doesn't mean enough to the team. I mean, he means a ton to the Giants, but if you pay him. Yeah, let's say they give him 7 million 120 30 million dollars or whatever he wants, that will cripple that franchise. And as a Cowboys fan, I'm all for it. It'll cripple your guys cap for 7 years to come, but you just cannot do it, man.
0: Yeah, um so I'm looking right now at the Antonio Brown um Antonio Brown cap or excuse me, Antonio Brown uh contract. So he just signed the 4-year 68 million dollars so his cap hit over the next uh, this year is thirteen mil, cool. uh, and then seventeen point six, eighteen point nine, fifteen point one, sixteen point three. After the twenty nineteen season, uh, they can actually get out with only a seven point six million dollar dead cap, which is uh, which That's is bad. kind of yeah, it's kind of a good. I mean, he's sort of the Beckham's looking for a deal more than him, or should be looking at this at, at a deal as big as his, not necessarily Dave or Derek Carrs, but. So he's probably going to top Bryant, but not quite necessarily top Carr. So even if he's in the uh, – even if he's sort of in the middle, I mean, he's – his salary is essentially going to negate what Eli's been making. So I'm not that mad at it because when – you know, they'll have a little bit of overlap, maybe a year or two overlap, Eli's contract, the end of Eli's contract with the beginning of Beckham's. I think there'll be a little bit of overlap, and I think those two will cancel each other out. But I do agree with the notion that you brought up, which is um, – Receivers are not that valuable. They're just not. Yeah. Beckham is Beckham well, is valuable, but he's not as valuable as what he's asking for.
1: Yeah. Well, look at the numbers too. I I believe I brought it up last season after the um the Giants Packers playoff game. Uh, Odell Beckham, his I think I want to say seven or eight of his top ten or eleven performances as a wide receiver, the Giants have lost that game.
0: Yeah. Like, when he has his game. Yeah, they're thirteen and eleven when he scores a touchdown
1: yeah I mean, let's talk about the catch. You know, people always talk about that catch he He torched the Cowboys that year. He had that phenomenal catch in the end zone over Brandon Carr. They Cowboys lost. won that game. yeah, yeah, people tend to forget that i that's why I'm like I'm not that mad about that catch. I'm like we won the game. What's more important right I mean, if we look at recent history too, look at that playoff game. I mean, he was terrible. He dropped everything. Eli was on. Eli was on point in that game. Eli was doing everything he could. But Beckham and his wide receivers just continually
0: dropped the ball. They torpedoed that game, too, because the defense was doing a great job. Phenomenal. In the first half, before that Hail Mary, they were doing a phenomenal job, like you said, in the first half, man, and then just got demoralized. And I think Beckham dropping passes, uh, Sterling Shepard dropped passes. I mean, really, the only guy that came to play in the receiving core is the fifth-string receiver, Tavaris King. And... um, you know the rest of the team just really didn't seem to be there. Perkins had a bad game. Eli was good. Eli was putting the ball wherever he wanted it. It seemed like, and I, man, I think if I think if Beckham drops, you know, two passes as opposed to four, I think it's a completely different game. I mean, the hail mary was yeah. ridiculous, but Aaron Rodgers the best hail mary thrower of all and time somehow. Beckham but, dropped that backbreaker too. That yeah, um, that touchdown that first down.
1: Sure. Well, no, there was also in that playoff game that first down pass in the red zone when they had to settle for a field goal. Yeah. I think he was on, like, the 11 or 12-yard line. It would have been a first-down Giants, and, you know, they probably would have punched it in later for six. Yeah. I mean, the way they were moving the ball, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, up and down the field. Eli looked Mm -hmm. great in that game. We'll give him all the credit in the world. When people say he's washed up, I mean, dude, if there's ever a dude who shows
0: up in big games as Eli Manning, man, I got to give credit when it's due. Yeah, and I struggle with Eli's on the decline thing because his offensive line was just so bad last year he had no help from his tight ends, and really the only guy that was catching passes last year was Beckham Shepard yeah. did well for a rookie but he wasn't exactly like in the world on fire and Victor Cruz is just terrible last oh year. yeah he was absolutely terrible yeah. I mean he was getting passed by Roger Lewis and uh at the, in the aforementioned of King on the depth chart I mean he was tumbling down the depth chart pretty quick and Paul Perkins rookie was sort of defining his legs towards the end of the year but um but yeah, I think this year will be a little different for Eli. I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna have a nice uptick in his production. But I actually think the defense going from thirty-first in DVOA to second in DVOA, I actually think there's gonna be a little decline, and I think they sort of settle in between like I don't know, seven and you know, twelfth in the league, which is fine. Yep. And uh, but I, I, I'm very cautiously optimistic about the Giants. Like I love the roster, but I'm not in love with the coaching staff yet.
1: Brandon Marshall was one of the best moves they could have made because he was cheap. Che- not giants- only not only cheap the guy's motivated he's never even been in a playoff game you take all that pressure off odell on the other side i mean we're talking about one of the best possession third down conversion receivers in the game yeah and the giants struggled that with that with you know with getting with a third down completion percentage Yeah. A great move. And the guy just comes in, a veteran, mature. This is Odell's team. I'm just here to help him. If anybody wants any advice, like, I'll offer it to him, but I'm not just going to tell him what to do. Right. The guy's got his head on straight. He's a veteran. He's motivated. He gets to stay in the New York area as he played with the Jets last year. Like, and like you said, they got him on the cheap. It's a win, win, win. I don't see, there's no negative with that move. It's great for Eli. It's great for Odell. It's great for Shepard. It's great for that tight end they have now. It makes everybody around them better. Yeah, no,
0: I agree 100%. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, the aforementioned Green Bay Packers. Um, Green the Bay, Chiefs, man. Uh, why does this team not sign free agents? I just don't get it. I don't get it. Get it's Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay way, man. Freaking help. Well, yeah, that got one. my Super Bowl. God. They're becoming
1: like the New Orleans Saints where it's like you had this phenomenal quarterback, but you just – you can score a million points,
0: but you cannot stop anybody. I mean, the NFC Championship game, they just – the Cowboys' second half would – I mean, if that game went one more quarter, I think the Cowboys win. Yeah. I think the Cowboys are just so flat in the second half – or, excuse me, in the first half that I I think that Green Bay was able to just sort of, you know, uh, weather the storm there. But then Atlanta, it it was like a track meet where, you know, one team was wearing – you know, running shoes and the other team was wearing timberlands it was yeah it
1: was terrible it, it looked like the green bay secondary was just running through the mud i mean they right. just absolutely torched them hey, like you said it was a track meet it was embarrassing to watch that was our nfc championship game
0: god how terrible. bad were the playoffs last year
1: <laughs> i was just I gonna, gonna say the same it. thing they were terrible i listened back to one of our old podcasts and we we're just trying to make it interesting because it was so right.
0: bad Right, and you know what's funny about the playoffs last year is because the Super Bowl was so good. It's kind of like the crappy movie. It's like, um, oh, what's, what's that movie I think that's overrated where, uh, oh, God, with Kevin Spacey there. Usual Suspects. Usual Suspects is such an overrated movie because the ending's so great that you forget the rest of the movie is kind of just meh. Like, the ending is phenomenal, and that's why everybody loves that movie, but it's not yeah. a good movie. If you go back and watch it, you take the last three minutes of that movie out, it's not a good movie. It's yeah. really not a good movie. And that's how the playoffs were last year. was yep. like the Super Bowl was so great, even though everybody hates when the Patriots win, but I don't care because it was entertaining. And the more Super Bowls the Patriots win, the better the Giants look. So yeah, I'm fine with it. Um, But, yeah. I, but, anyway, back to the Packers, man. I, I just don't see – they're the best team in their division. I mean, just because of Aaron Rodgers. They didn't have yep. Aaron Rodgers. It's a 5-11 and team. Oh,
1: Yeah. Oh, they're bad. In their schedule, it's pretty brutal to start. Seahawks at home and
0: then at the Falcons. There's your first go- two games. Right. So I got a question for you. We're going to yeah. sort of jump a little bit. Who the hell's coming out of the NFC? Because I think the AFC is pretty cut and dry. I think it's, like, like we talked about, it's either Pittsburgh, New England, or Oakland. Most likely New England. But who is that team in the NFC? Seattle's taking a step back. Um, you know, the Giants, the Cowboys, taking a step back. Atlanta just... For whatever reason, nobody in that division wants to wants to repeat winning the division, let alone doing anything in the playoffs. And that division and is going to be a murderous row. As good as yeah. Atlanta is, and I think their defense will be improved, their
1: problem is the rest of that division got a lot better. Tampa Bay is going to be a huge challenge this year.
0: I think Deshaun Jackson and Jameis Winston are just kind of a match made in heaven. Yeah. I, love, I, I love that signing for them. Yeah, um, they have weapons galore now. Yeah, and the OJ Howard pick, I think, I think he's going to be he's going to be a great weapon for Jameis going yeah, forward.
1: Yeah, and let's not forget they still have Mike Evans. <laughs> the dude's a beast. Yeah. Oh, I know the giant Mike yeah. Evans. We talked about three other players massive. besides Mike Evans, one of the best wide receivers in the game, who does not get enough credit because I think he because he is in Tampa Bay,
0: right? Like that team. And I think oh, whew. I think he's going to explode this year. But th- that's the thing with Atlanta that everybody's forgetting. It's a completely it's not a different offense, but it's a different person. Essentially dictating a similar offense. Yeah, I think there's going to be a little learning curve, and I think Atlanta's going to take a step back this year too. I still think their offense is going to be really good because of Julio Jones, Devonte uh, Freeman, and um, uh, Matt Ryan. But and I think the defense is going to be a little improved because Keanu Neal has another year. Why am I blank on the dude they draft? Vic, uh, Vic Beasley's going to have another year yep. like under his belt. I think that experience is going to help him. But I think they're also going to be hungry. But at the same time, Carolina got better. I mean, Christian McCaffrey apparently has been amazing in camp. Uh, that New guy's Orleans, a stud. right? I watched him a lot in college. That guy's a stud, right? And if Drew Brees still has a right arm, you know, the Saints are always going to be a tough. one. Yeah. so that division is absolutely nuts. And I, I think, I think it's going to be tough for Atlanta to repeat that division and and do anything in the playoffs, really. But I just don't know. I'm looking. I'm looking at the teams. I just. None of those teams would shock me if they if it's probably yeah. a shorter list to let you know the teams that I don't think are going to make it to the Super Bowl that that, that, that have a shot.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, there if, really is no clear cut favorite. Arizona
0: be, could bounce back. Carson Palmer looked good the last eight games of last year. Yeah, I don't hold too much stock in that, but yeah. No, me either. But I'm just you know I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, uh, do we think the Lions are good? Cause I I mean I don't not good enough. No.
1: I, 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 I'm jumping off the uh, Matt Stafford train until he can prove to me he can beat winning teams. Right. Yeah, you know, I sang it? his praises a ton last year. I made him a Dark Horse MVP candidate, but I forgot one of the most important statistics where he can't beat winning teams, and end of the year he played nothing but winning teams, you know, right. with the Cowboys and the Packers, and then
0: at Seattle. So, you know, I'm, can s- I give you, I'm selling on Detroit hard. Can I give you the darkest – Uh, dark horse of all time uh, to do to make some noise in the NFC I'm not saying necessarily go to the Super Bowl but I'm saying you know not a lot of people are talking about this team having success I'm ready for this yeah the Philadelphia Eagles
1: Oh, God. De- I'm de- so meds. mad.
0: If there's a team I hate, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. You and I both feel this way. Yeah. We, both, we can tolerate our favorite teams. Like You can tolerate I, the I Giants. Can res- I, can tolerate- I respect
1: the Giants. You guys have success. You've won two Super Bowls in, what, the last eight, nine, ten years? The ten Philadelphia years, yeah. Eagles fans are cocky for absolutely no freaking reason. You have never they're- done squat.
0: They're paper copy, man. God, that's all they are. Screw they're they're you, literally Philly. they're screw so cocky you. based on their on their team. But I think this team is very unassuming. I mean, I've read a lot of stuff that Carson Wentz is really not to blame for his struggles last year. And I guess nine out of ten times you would blame the quarterback, but he had absolutely nobody to throw to last year. There was no separation. Yeah, that's why he was checking down so much. Um,
1: yeah, and I do worry about with getting Alshon Jeffrey. That's a huge pickup for them.
0: Yeah, and um, I'm not sure how much he has left in the tank, but Torrey Smith. They have Torrey Smith. Hey, it'll be good for a few deep healthy. balls, right? Um, Ryan Matthews. They signed Lagerra Blunt. I mean, they still have Darren Sproles. Yeah, their offensive line, other than the Cowboys, is probably the best in the league. I mean, and look at the record pre and post Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson was suspended for ten games. What were they like? Uh, what, three and oh, what was he suspended for? Ten games. So there, I think they were like three and seven or something like that. They're yeah. five and one with him in the lineup. They won their five of the last six games. Yeah, once. I think their only loss totally. was to you guys. Yeah, yep. so I, I think they're a different team, man. When he's in the game, he's he's a phenomenal left tackle.
1: Yeah, they lost to us um, on Sunday Night Football. That was that game where uh, Prescott let it dry from behind.
0: Yeah, I, th- I want to yeah, say it was an overtime right. game winning. too. We won. Yeah, they were winning that game. That's right. Yeah, but that defense is. I think Fletcher Cox is an absolute beast. Um, I do believe. Yeah, defense they, is really good. Yeah, the defense is really good, led by uh, the should have been Bill's head coach Jim Schwartz. Um, but. But yeah, I mean, Philly wouldn't shock me if they made some noise in the uh, in the NFC. I mean, there's just I just I can't be really...
1: level-headed about Philly.
0: I can be unbiased about my own team, but
1: I'm super biased about hating Philadelphia.
0: Right, super
1: biased. That's
0: I mean, that's fair. Tampa could be Tampa could be frisky. I mean, Tampa's it, gonna it's... be more than
1: frisky, man. I really think they're gonna be neck and neck with Atlanta for the for that division. I can Do see Tampa we're... taking the south. Do you think Minnesota is a team that can knock off Green Bay for the division? Uh, I want to put money on it. I love their defense. I just, Sam Bradford setting the NFL completion record <laughs> just cannot get the ball
0: down the field. But that's, is He's that the a, master is, of like a three, his, four or five four,
1: five-yard pass. Is that his
0: fault? Is that his fault? I mean, who is the receivers?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know
0: if he has the arm strength either, though, or wants to take the chances. Stephon Diggs is really their only big play guy. Yeah. I mean, he did sign your boy Leva, uh, Latavius Murray, yeah. but he's out for an undisclosed amount of time. But Dalvin Cook has apparently looked really good in camp so far. Dalvin Cook's a um,
1: beast, and yeah. Oh, my God. I, I, I watched a ton of him in college as well, and I was like, whatever
0: NFL team gets him is going to be very happy with him. Right. And I, I don't know. I think – Remember they were like world beaters through the first 5 weeks of the year. Yeah. I mean, people were saying that they were going to uh they're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, I I
1: can't I mean, I wouldn't pick them to beat Green Bay in that division, but man, when you got a defense like that that could keep you yeah. in games, you can't. They've got a shot. They've got a puncher shot, man. It all just comes down to can Bradford and the offense do anything. Right. Cuz I mean, they were they were pretty rough on my Cowboys, but they just couldn't score.
0: Right. So I'm going through a list of the NFC teams. So here are the teams that I don't think have an, have any shot at making it to the playoffs. And it's a short list: Chicago, yep, Lions. Eh, maybe no. they could because Stafford is good. The Rams, no, and San Francisco. Those are it. Those I, are it.
1: And the Lions are a what if? Maybe. I'm throwing Arizona in there. I just do not believe in Arizona at all.
0: I don't That's fair. I don't believe they, in Carson Palmer. I think he's just done. He might be, he might be, and I think that should have been, been a team that should have been aggressive trading up for Patrick Moore.
1: Yeah, but going back to my statement a minute ago, I mean, a good defense keeps you in it, and they've got a pretty damn good defense and a great running game. oh
0: david johnson just throw it on
1: david johnson's back man and lean on that defense and have carson palmer do minimal
0: i mean they still got larry fitzgerald the guy's the guy's an animal too doesn't doesn't age and apparently john brown is looking phenomenal he added some muscle. that lose any speed trying to take over that number two slot there for him so um yeah but but i think if if arizona makes say arizona goes like 10 and 6 11 to 5 which i'm not holding my breath for but if they do and David Johnson goes thousand thousand. I don't see it. I see how he, I see him being an MVP candidate. I
1: yeah, really do.
0: Deservedly. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, all right, let's just fly through a couple current events and, uh, Oh, we'll real quick up. though. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. We're
1: talking about the Packers. Um, I'm looking mm-hmm. at the early schedule. This is going to be a complete repeat of a few years ago. So they got the Seahawks at Falcons, Bengals, Bears at Cowboys at Vikings, Saints, I could see them losing probably three or four games in there. I think they they could lose to the Seahawks, Falcons, start 0-2. Bengals, yeah. Bears, 2-2. and 2. Lose to the Cowboys, Vikings, maybe the Saints. So let's say they go 2-5, and 3-4. and 4. Then they have their bye week. The sky is falling in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers holds that press conference. Relax. R-E-L-A. Relax. And then before you know it, they win, you know, seven of the next ten and they win that division. It's almost a yeah. carbon copy repeat because – the tail end of their schedule, Browns at Panthers, Vikings, Lions. Yeah, those are all winnable games for Green Bay. They got the Steelers thrown in there, the Ravens. If they get on a roll, they could just take those teams out. So, yeah, I could see Green Bay 10-6, and 11-5 again, and everyone's like, oh, you know, they're going to miss the playoffs as Roger is done, and then he'll be an MVP candidate by the end. Sure.
0: That's usually how it works out.
1: And it's amazing how we have such short-term memory because I can see it happening to a T, just like it did, what was it, two or three years ago? The exact same thing's going to happen. They'll start slow. They'll struggle. A million articles will be written about Rodgers is done, he's washed up, and
0: then they just turn it around and MVP candidate. Right. Very true. Very true. So, all right, speaking of Green Bay, we'll start there. Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery apparently has been – has been a "quote unquote" full threat. He can run it. He can catch. He just needs reps in the pass protection because he's actually really high. Uh, because he's actually really high in ability for pass protection. Um, that's it's a big that weapon. guy's. A, oh, sorry. Okay, this is a quote from uh, Mike McCarthy. Jesus. Um, sorry. I'll try it again. Mike McCarthy said he can obviously run it. He can catch it. He just needs reps in the pass protection because he's actually really high in ability for pass protection. That's a, that guy's a stud. He's got it in his body. That's a weird quote. Yeah. Uh, Mike McCarthy's comments come just one month after the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel no guess that pass protection would be a significant factor in Montgomery's playing time. The Packers were reluctant to give Montgomery more than 10 to 12 touches per game last season, Last season, but he has an ability to seize a much bigger workload. He offers a mouthwatering upside as a running back number two in fantasy. Um. What do you make of Ty Montgomery? He's put on some muscle. He's got another – he's got a full offseason as a running back, being converted from a wide receiver. Uh, do you think that he's a guy that can uh, take over for Eddie Lacy?
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I thought the guy was great. And, is you know, he just they kind of just threw him in at running back last year. With a full offseason, learning the scheme, learning the pass protections. And, I mean, if there's a guy who's going to put you in a great position to succeed, it's Aaron Rodgers. You know, he'll read right. the defense – you know, he'll, he'll let Montgomery know where to block, where to stand, what to do. I, The guy's got all the potential in the world. I think he'll have a
0: breakout year this year. I agree with that 100%. All right. Uh, next one. Gary and Connolly, defensive back for the Raiders. Um, Gary, uh, Cleveland Police Department has forwarded Raiders first-round pick Gary and Connelly sexual assault case to a grand jury. The grand jury will decide whether to pursue official charges against Connolly, who was accused of rape prior to the draft in April. Connolly has consistently denied this delegation. Seemingly comfortable with the legal situation, the Raiders signed Connolly to a four-year deal on Friday. Now, for anybody that forgot, Gary Connolly is the guy from Ohio State that got um, accused of rape right before the draft, is the the little news clipping thing I just read. But um, the Raiders sort of took him at the end of the first round. Uh, Tony, do you think this is a good move by Oakland? And uh, based on what you've read or what you, uh, I guess, know, uh, how do you think this will shake out?
1: It's a risky move, but there's no real evidence to say we we just don't totally know yet. The investigation is still going. I mean, you drafted him high, you've got to sign him. And then, you know, if it turns out that he's convicted, then you come out and you suspend him or the legal do what they have to do with him. I mean, it's it's tough, man. This day and age is so tough and especially pro athletes too sometimes they're targeted you never know there's a lot of cases we've seen in the media of women targeting you know rich men for this stuff and i'm not saying you know i don't know if he did it or didn't none of us really truly know but until all the facts come out you know i can't disagree with it you gotta sign him i mean he's your number one pick
0: yeah, kind of a ballsy move by the Raiders. Um, I mean, I'm assuming they did a ton of due diligence. Ren- oh, yeah. Reggie McKenzie's one of the smartest guys in the NFL. Mark Davis has done a good job of just getting out of the way and let the smart people run his organization. Jack Del Rio has been in the NFL for a long time. Um, I'm not denying the accusation. I mean, it's, it's clearly really serious. And who knows? Um, probably the best thing you can say. Who knows? But I just, the know. timing
1: of it last year, with it coming out right before the draft, that always yeah. makes me kind of question things. Because it's like, if you wanted to hurt someone, that's the best time to do it, to hurt their stock. Right. It's like, if this happened, why didn't we know about it sooner? But then, it's tough, man. It's uh, it's really murky waters.
0: Right. Um, next one, Jets GM. Oh, my God. Oh, wait, real oh, quick. Speaking God, of
1: GMs, it. did you know uh, that Grigson guy from the Colts, that he ended up going to Cleveland? I just found that out the other day. To do what? I, I think you working was, in the parking lot over there? No, he's in their front office doing Garrity. something. I don't think he's the uh, GM, but I think he's maybe like president of football operations or something. Hang on. Uh, go on. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but go on with what you're saying. I'll look it up
0: now. All right. Oh, hold on. Just uh, just got an update, ironically, from Bleacher Report. Raiders first-round quarterback uh, Gary Connolly cleared of rape charges from April. April. Wow. Just got an update, uh, Bleacher Report update. So, nice. So, all right, Jets GM Mike McKagan says, Christian Hackenberg made good progress this offseason. The sophomore has been working with quarterbacks coach Jeremy Bates to correct some of his mechanical flaws. And the Monday morning quarterbacks, Albert Breer, reported the Jets were happy with Hackenberg's progress following the offseason program. Still, McKagan said he's eager to see how the quarterback performs during the preseason. Even if Josh McAllen wins the job week one, the smart money is on Hackenberg making starts this year. The problem I have with Josh uh, McAllen, excuse me, Getting, getting the starting quarterback role, like, he's 8-22 and 22 in his last 30 games. He sucks. He's not a good player. Yeah. So why not just roll Hackenberg out? You know your roster is crap. Um, just why not just have Hackenberg play? Like, or at least play him in the preseason, like, a lot. I would, I would run him into the ground in the preseason. I mean, he's young. You know, he can work on his flaws in real time. I mean, I know you have to evaluate other players, but, I mean, this is your most important position. And if some miracle Hackenberg hits, they got – a incredible value for a you know a player that had a ton of potential coming out of high school he's the highest rate of recruit I think in his class he's a five-star quarterback for Penn State recruited by Bill O'Brien and was ultimately he had a weird college situation so
1: yeah I never get that with these teams you know you're gonna be crappy the Jets will not be good the Jets are the Jets are gonna be absolute dog crap this year
0: so they're when, gonna be the worst team in the league. Yeah, I think they're I think they're worse than San Francisco and Cleveland. Yeah,
1: I, I don't like their roster at all. Like, when it comes down to that, why wouldn't you just play the younger guy to see what he has? Worst case, maybe you could use him as trade bait, you know, or hey, maybe you hit on someone like Hackenberg and yeah. he becomes your future quarterback. Like I dude, I, I I argued it with the Bills last season when, you know, because of all the injury incentives in Tyrod Taylor's contract, they sat him for the last game of the season. And they started E.J. Manuel, who's walking out the door. Right. Like, wh- why wouldn't you start the young guy? The um, Why am I slipping on his name? The kid from Ohio State. Ca- Cardell right Jones. There. Yeah, Cardell Jones. Why would you start him week 17? Yeah, maybe he's not ready, but you at least see what he has. You can game plan for the future. It makes zero sense to me. Like, just go with the young kid. The- There's no – stop trying to put out these fake conceptions that you're going to be decent in this league or have a good season. Like, just stop. Especially in your you're division, right. you got New England in there, you got Miami. Like you're gonna get killed. I can't wait till they play Buffalo. It's just it's gonna be the quarterback bowl. Like who can get the not, better signee or the draft pick for 2018? Who who will get the best of the class?
0: It's hard. I think Josh Allen is probably the number one guy from Wyoming. I think uh, mechanically, I think uh, a lot of people are saying. I should same thing. a lot of people are saying that he is mechanically the best quarterback coming to the NFL in a long time. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be the best player, but but just physically, I think he's probably the best since Luck. Yeah. Is a lot of the stuff that I'm reading. So, um, but there's also Josh Rosen, and uh, I don't think he's going to come out. But I think the kid from USC, um, whose name is escaping me right now, but um, but yeah, I think that those are going to be the two guys. So,
1: so I'm looking at their schedule quick. The Jets, that is their last seven. Listen to this: at Bucks, Panthers, Chiefs, at Broncos, at Saints, Chargers, at Patriots. There's not a win in there. Plus, yeah, and, and they also play the Falcons this year, Dolphins twice at the Raiders, the Bills twice, the Patriots. Like, I mean, they play the Browns and the Jaguars. Maybe that's where they can
0: sneak in a win. Right. So, I we right, we're gonna end on. We're gonna end on uh, this, <laughs> and I always like to end things on a high note, a very comedic note. You know, it's like you remember the episode of Seinfeld where uh, George would always leave on a high note. Yeah, We're going to start doing this with the show So this is our um, This is Bortles Watch Blake Bortles <laughs> struggles with picks in camp
1: He <laughs> threw five Interceptions in camp Is I think it was two and seven on seven drills And three and eleven and eleven drills It was so bad uh, Coupled with the CTE issues That their starting left tackle retired The one they just got from Miami In a trade <laughs> Brandon Elber never wanted to be there anyway uh, though Can you blame him? You really blame him. Especially playing for Doug Marone, who's not exactly uh, a player's coach. He's kind of, (laughs) um, uh, you know, he coached here at Syracuse University and left under. Coached here in Buffalo. Yeah, Yeah. not the most favorable terms. You know, most people
0: didn't have a good word to say about him when he left. St. Doug, so. Um, Yeah, the the adjective best describing Doug Marone is, I think, prickly? Yeah. Uh, Dickhead? Yep, and
1: everywhere he uh, goes, that's his dream job, man. Dream job
0: to coach at SU. Dream job to coach at Buffalo. Dream job in Jacksonville. It'll be there's tr- only like three dream job coaching spots in all of sports, and it's it's the Yankees, Lakers, and Cowboys. Yeah. So let's stop. Let's stop. Yep. Maybe the Steelers. Let's shoehorn the Steelers in there because so they've had three head coaches in the last fifty years. But it, ridiculous. So you know um, what?
1: He'll uh he end up getting fired, and he can work under Steve Grigson in uh, Cleveland, who uh. I just pulled it up too. He is Ryan Gregson. Or Ryan. Ryan Grigson, I'm sorry. But yeah, he he's not the GM. The
0: Sashi Browns are
1: GM. It. He is the personal executive the, the 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 senior personal executive of the Cleveland Browns. Whatever the hell that means. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um I can't believe he got yeah. another job. That's mind-boggling to me.
0: These retreads, man. You got to love it. Yeah, retreads are um they're out there. They're not good for your car. They're not good for your football team. They're not good for your NBA team. So Yeah, uh, but Bortles, man, if that guy – Jacksonville
1: has a stacked roster on paper. If they can just – if he can be a functional, decent quarterback, if he can have a pulse, I'm not putting it past him, though.
0: <laughs> I think um, – you remember, like, uh, the old timey like, plays or whatever when they'd have the big, like, uh, sheep hook come out and just grab the guy by the neck? Yeah, yeah. I think Tom Coughlin gets one of those with an extender from, like, the uh, the executive box at Jacksonville Stadium, and I think that's how Blake Bortles gets pulled. I think he just has <laughs> one of those with, like, a 100-foot uh, uh, barrel on it, and I think he just grabs Blake Bortles by the neck and just rips him up and then flicks him out of the stadium because oh, that... Tom Coughlin doesn't put up with that crap. Yeah, so. that would be amazing.
1: I'm looking up their depth chart right now, too. I want to see who their backup quarterback is because, God, they're going to Is it Chad Henney still?
0: Oh, it can't be God. Chad Henney.
1: If that is, then that's just amazing. Maybe they blame Blaine Gabbert back. <laughs> yeah. Of
0: course, the internet's being slow. Hold on. I'm just Googling Chad Henney real quick. He is. It's Chad Henney. No way. That's awesome. Yep. Ah, well. Super Chad.
1: Your 2017 um, Jacksonville Jaguars, folks.
0: Man, these some of these teams just can't get out of the dumpster. I don't understand. Like San Francisco, minus the hardball years, has been pretty bad. The Bills have been bad all century, and the Jaguars I are mean, living. They've made at least a playoff, but um, yeah, I just don't know. And the and the Browns, they just can't stop circling the drain. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Although I will bu- I'll be bullish on the Bills next year probably, but I'll be bullish on the Bills. I I think they have a plan. They they went through the clean house. Pagula has everything he wants now. There's no excuses for Pagula. The Rex Ryan thing, I can understand why a new owner would be manipulated by his personality. But that being said, I think that Pagula. Uh, excuse me. I think that Mc um, uh, McDermott and um, Jesus man, I'm having a freaking stroke up here. Gettle- is it Gettleman? Is it? Oh no, no, sorry, Brandon Bean. Gettleman's the guy the Panthers just fired. Sorry, Brandon Bean and uh, Doug McDermott. Doug McDermott. Jesus, Bill. <laughs> Mc- Sean McDermott. I'm, uh, I'm done on my stroke. Um, I think that they will. Uh, I think that they have the Bills on the right path. I don't know if Tyrod's the guy, but I think that they will have two first round picks. If Tyrod isn't the guy that they can use to package to move up to the second or third pick to possibly draft one of the three quarterbacks. Sam Darnold was the name I was trying to think
1: earlier from USC. Yeah, I'm looking um, at now the top um, quarterbacks in the draft next year. Potentially, if it's a come it's out. a little
0: too early because if you look at him from last year, Patrick Mahomes wasn't on there. I think Davis Webb was up there, and uh, I think Deshaun Kaiser was the projected first overall pick.
1: Yeah, but uh, so yeah, little... Josh Rosen out of UCLA, Mason Rudolph out of Oklahoma State, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield out of Oklahoma, Josh Allen out of Wyoming. Baker Mayfield's like my height, I think. Uh, Baker Mayfield six one to eighteen, yeah, a little undersized. He's
0: bigger than I thought. Wow, um, I thought he was. I thought he was shorter. Um, I don't like him though. He got, he, that, his, that weird DUI video, he could even run out, he can outrun like a middle-aged
1: cop. <laughs> yeah,
0: I forgot about that. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not on board with that guy. That don't
1: intangible. No, His combine
0: a, numbers. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> there was He was a little slow. Um, oh, God, that's sad. But, uh, but well, yeah. Lamar Jackson on Louisville too. There's quite a few guys coming out. Dude, I don't know what to make of that guy as a pro prospect. We'll see, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll see, man. The Bills have a lot in the package to move up. That's all I can say. Yep. They have two first-round picks this year. I, their pick is going to be early. I mean, they may just get the first-round pick just because. It's the year to, to suck, man. Because.
1: If you need a quarterback, this is the year to suck. It's a pretty deep class. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. But uh, anything else before we go? Uh. Oh, I got a quick story for you. Go ahead. All right. Uh, last weekend, I went to uh, Oswego County Paddle Fest which is uh, like a bunch of kayaks, canoes, people go paddling. So I went with a buddy from work and, uh, you know, his lady, and uh, I brought a friend of mine who I've been seeing, Kayla. And uh, you basically, you paddle like five miles in a kayak on the Oswego River from Mineto, Fulton area up to Oswego itself. So we're paddling along, having a good time, and we get to go in each one of the locks. You know, they bring all the kayaks in the lock, and then they lower the water and, you know, let you out so you can get in the next part. And when we're in the lock, everybody's hanging out, and you know me, I love a crowd. I love you know people. I love make an ass out of myself. So they had a few inflatable beach balls, and people are just kicking them around, knocking them around. So you know, finally, old Tony gets his hands on one of the inflatable beach balls, and I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, you know i'm gonna I'm gonna knock the crap out of this thing being a, a big weightlifter that I am. Uh, earlier in the day, when we got our kayaks, they let us know, like, hey, you know, these are expert kayaks. Like, they're they're very easily tippable. Be careful. Keep track yeah. of your center of gravity. Don't fall out of them. So, uh, flash forward to me in the uh, lock playing with the uh, beach ball. I throw it up in the air, and I scream out, you know, 16 serving 14. I'm getting ready to kill this thing. As I throw it up in the air, the wind takes it a little bit, so it blows a little behind me. And I try to reach back and hit this thing. Next thing you know, I'm just, I'm flipping in the kayak. I'm flailing with my arms and I'm just, I'm, I'm drinking water. Like I'm under the water. Turns out that in my flailing, you know, when, you know, when you fall, your first instinct is to just grab onto whatever you can and just try to pull yourself up. Uh, The first thing that I grabbed onto apparently was Kayla and her life vest. So not only do I go in the water, but I take her down with me. And not Uh only, not only did both of us go down, I went down with my phone zipped up inside my life vest and our bag of stuff in the back of her kayak, along with her phone in there. So we, you know, we go into the lock, we're into the water. And my first instinct is, you know, get the phone out of my vest pocket and throw it to someone else just so you know, it doesn't get destroyed. Right. So we're flailing around. I'm doing that. And then I go over to her kayak. I'm pulling the bag out, tossing to somebody else. You know, the whole rescue team came over in their boat. Mind you, there's hundreds, if not thousands of people in this lock watching all this go down. So Mm -hmm. the rescue boat has to come over, pull us up out of the water, pull our kayaks out of the water, dip them out. And, um, you know, just a fun, embarrassing thing for uh, a nice young lady that I've been hanging out with for, you know, a couple months. So, uh, yeah, she got the full Tony experience. But they get us up, pull us out. We're back in our kayaks, good to go. And uh, you know, the guys are really cool about the rescue boat. And uh, I go to the guy, I'm like, hey man, thanks, really appreciate it. And uh, look on his boat, and there are some uh, barbecue Cheetos. I was like, yo, those barbecue Cheetos? He's like, Yeah. You hungry, you want some? Well, of course. So here the rescue guy is just tossing me Cheetos in the lock. I'm trying to catch in my mouth, and a bunch of them fall into the uh, the lock, and I'm you know, I'm the type hey, I'm never one to waste some good Cheetos, so I just proceed to pull them out of the murky water and eat them in front of a crowd of people.
0: That's hilarious.
1: Because, <laughs> you, know, um, like uh, you know, I like to make an impression on the ladies.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's never boring very with embarrassing. Me, <laughs> um, And, oh, no, uh, no. sorry, I'm sending you something here. That's all right. Um, that poor, no, poor girl. No, no. God, that sucks when you are, like, trying to, like, woo some, uh, some PYT. And, uh... Yeah. And then, you know, something like that embarrassing happens.
1: Nah, just roll with the punches. I, I I lean on my personality. I try to be the funny guy. Because the looks you know you sure as hell done. aren't going to do it. It's not yeah, about the no. looks.
0: God, no. Yeah, you and I, it's all about God, personality. No. Hey, what the hell you mean? I'm beautiful. What do you mean? Oh, uh, yeah, your wife tells me. Have you me seen my daughter? I look just like my daughter. And I, for one, look like a cute two-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> You're adorable. <laughs> uh, yes. Love I it. am the cutest two-year-old girl ever. Um, no, yeah. but that. Uh, but um, that does suck when that happens, man. I, I I'm sure I've done something stupid or said something stupid. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it you, is. <laughs> you just reminded me of something actually. Uh, this wasn't to a girl, but this is to a um, this is to a friend. Uh, and um, so oh, I'm trying to remember the exact context. So it was it was something along the lines of like I'm like, well, you know, I I. I it ended with me saying, I don't think I'm gay, but, you know, I don't know. And everyone's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know why I just said that. Uh, well, I got to go, guys. And then and it was just really awkward. I said it to, like, a group of people, and yeah. I forget what even the context was, but it was just, that's how I, I remember ending it. And, um, yeah, I just I just try to walk out of there as straight as humanly possible, which is not easy to walk like a straight man. Because I, because I <laughs> kind of realize if like, my walk, yeah, my wife picks on me for this all the time too because I walk. I don't make noise when I walk. She she's like, for being <laughs> she's like for being fat, you are really quiet when you move. I'm like, what? You're like a ninja. I'm, like, I'm not even fat. Like I'm yeah, I'm just an obese ninja. Um, but yeah, I'm like, hey man, I'm not fat. I'm just I'm thick. There's difference. She's yeah. Like, eh, you look you look you look jacked with a shirt on, but then you take it off and it's bad times. So I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what do you mean? That later so, flub goes all over the shirt. Was yeah, I know. It. Yeah, exactly. It's like I'm in a Brazier or something. Yeah. So, it's like yeah. those dudes at
1: the gym who wear, the, like, the super tight Under Armour shirts, the wicking ones. It's yeah. It's to make them, like, appear that they're bigger, and then they go into the locker room and pull it off, and everything just goes all over the
0: place. Oh, yeah. It's like when you first smack the can of biscuits on the uh, on the side of the counter. Yeah. And they just open. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like that. Yeah. It's it's pretty bad. Um, But, uh, all right, that, that uh, lovely mental picture in everybody's head. Be sure to uh, find us on SoundCloud eventually. In the next yes. like, couple of days, um, we'll be putting that on BacksportsPage.com. Tony's Twitter, which is tonyqs 44 My Twitter at Bill Kegel, and the show's Twitter at Under the Hoodies. Tony's also going to throw it on his Facebook, um, yep. Under the Hoodies Podcast, and. Um, Fun things, big things. You know, we're gonna uh, we're gonna shoot a bunch of episodes out to as many people as possible. I am gonna keep bugging my new Twitter friend, uh, comedian Adam Ray, to uh, to at least get a retweet or, add by some miracle, come on our show and talk about uh, Seattle sports because he's a big Seattle fan. But uh, you know, I have no contact with him at all other than the uh, very quick Twitter exchanges we've had over the last month and a half. So, uh, but maybe I'll maybe I'll keep bugging him. Um, yeah, shooters gotta shoot, man. Yeah, it's like Bill's having a big day for it with the old uh, celebrity uh, likes and retweets. Uh, just about a week ago on Instagram, uh, I got a I got a nice retweet from uh, of uh, or excuse me a like on one of my comments on uh, Josh Wolf's um, Instagram, which he uh, he wrote, "Anyone who thinks people who smoke weed should be put in jail has never smoked good weed," and to which I responded, "We should also throw chocoholics and people who get runners high in jail too." <laughs> And he actually yeah. liked it, so uh, yeah. Old Bill's been uh, rubbing elbows with some big time celebrities, out there. there you go. so that's exciting. Killing it with Not, a tweet game, I love. It. I keep I keep name dropping too, man. I gotta stop with these huge celebrities I'm talking to. So uh, <laughs> speaking of which, I'm still uh, I got pictures printed out of the time that I did the uh, the New York Giants um, uh, David Tyree's uh, Children of the City benefit from like uh, last summer. And uh, I printed a picture of uh, me and David Tyree, and me, my wife, and Olivier Vernon out. And I was gonna hang it up here in my uh, my my slowly but surely decorated uh, man cave or whatever you want to call it. And I'm debating on whether or not to put those pictures up because it seems super douchey. Nah, super douchey. Do it. All right, I'll be a douche. Blow it up. Make a mural on your wall of it. I just have someone come in and paint the pictures on the wall. Yeah, there you go. I I get that Banksy guy to do it. Um. All right. Terrible jokes are done. That's Tony DiNicola. I'm Bill Kegel. This is Under the Hoodies. Please like us. We want you to like us. And uh, Tony, good show, buddy. I love you. I love you, too. I'm off to the gym, Mm bud. All right. bye. Bye.
1: and i